the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through 1 Corinthians. You should know right off the bat, jumping off a bridge is not a prophetic word. But you know what I'm saying to you, okay? If somebody says to you, thus says the Lord, and God has not already been dealing with you about that, you need to just wait on that. Because prophetic words should confirm what God has been showing you, not to direct you into, you know, this whole new path for your life. It should be confirmation, not direction. People, even very well-intentioned, loving believers, can be misleading and harmful in your walk with Christ when they put too much trust in their own ability to discern His will for you. We need our fellow believers to help us understand and live out the truth of God. But as Pastor Gary will warn in today's message, you can't take prophetic words at face value. They must line up with Scripture. And if you're actively seeking God and His will for your life, they will confirm the way He's leading you. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection, subscribe to the podcast, or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. You know, the way that you distinguished, I heard one time, I read one time a long time ago, that the way they train experts at Scotland Yards to distinguish a counterfeit, counterfeit money from real money is not to have them study counterfeit money, but to train them in real money. Because the more you're trained to, to have an eye for what is real, the more you can spot what is false. And we need to have an understanding of prophecy that way too. The more you are equipped in your faith and you understand truth and God's word, and you're able to filter everything through God's word, the more you'll be able to spot something that is false. Here's something that is false. Prophecy should never contradict scripture ever and it should never add to or subtract from scripture in some way okay it should be something that is consistent with scripture because the bible should be our handbook that we filter everything through so it should be consistent with scripture and the other thing that's important to recognize is this if someone says they have a prophetic word for you it should always be confirmation never direction what do i mean by that As a believer in Christ, you can hear from God too. Now, you may not necessarily have a prophetic gift particular. That may not be a particular gift God has given you. God might give a prophetic gift to someone else. They come to you and they say, I really believe that the Lord has put something on my heart for you. And whatever they share with you, don't just quit your job and move to Montana because that's the prophetic word that they had for you. If God has not already been stirring your heart about Montana, just rebuke them and run, okay? 
And I, I, I get so distressed when I hear people say, well, I've, I've done this and I've done that. Well, why did you do that? Because somebody came up to me, they said they had a prophetic word. Wow. Really? What if they had a prophetic word, you should jump off a bridge? Are you going to do that too? So, and by the way, it's for your strengthening, comfort, and encouragement. So you should know right off the bat, jumping off a bridge is not a prophetic word. But you know what I'm saying to you, okay? If somebody says to you, thus says the Lord, and God has not already been dealing with you about that, you need to just wait on that. Because prophetic words should confirm what God has been showing you, not to direct you into, you know, this whole new path for your life. It should be confirmation, not direction. Now, I've seen and experienced some very wonderful prophetic words, not necessarily for myself, but seen them spoken or given to other people. And you know how you can ultimately test a real prophetic word is if it comes to pass. You know how they tested prophets of the Old Testament? If what they said didn't come to pass, they killed them. That'll deter false prophets, won't it? I mean, I'm not advocating a return to the Old Testament. I'm just simply saying to you that I bet if, if that were still the, the law today, there would be less of these false prophecies. If people knew that if you, if you, if you, if you say something wrong, it doesn't happen, we're going to stone you to death, right? That's what they would do in the Old Testament. They would stone people. I don't mean the kind that some of you did in the 80s. I mean the stone stone, right? Now, I'll give you an example of... And, these have been rare, but I, I just want you to know that I do believe this because some stuff has happened in my own life. And uh, Terry's here tonight, and she'll remember this story. When we first got married, probably a, a year married, and at the beginning of my ministry, I was a youth pastor to high school teens before pastoring here at Cornerstone. And, uh, and, I, and I saw Lisa Reynolds here, too. You're going to remember this story. You know the story I'm going to tell you because she was there. And there was this concert, this Christian concert that was happening over in Herndon. And Terry and I looked at each other and said, hey, let's go to that concert. I don't remember what time of the night it was. I don't even remember where it was, but we went and we were late. And we, and we, I don't, and I think it's because we didn't remember where it was. And so we drove around until we finally got there. And we walk in the back of the room and there was this, and she was a Christian, um, artist and she was given a concert. She was singing, um, and, we walk into the back of the auditorium because we were late and she stops singing. Now we were, we're looking for seats. We just, we come in the back and we're like, where is there a seat? Oh my gosh, it's packed. And we couldn't, we couldn't find a seat. And so we're looking and we at first didn't even realize she had stopped singing because it was back in, in, uh, 88, 89, somewhere in that range. And so it was, you know, singing by track music, right? And so the track music was going, but she had stopped singing. So we're still hearing music and we're looking for our seats. And the whole time we, we then eventually hear her saying, excuse me, excuse me. And we look around and she's pointing at us in the back. And she, and she says to us, you two, I've got two seats right down front. I've been waiting for you two. You need to come down here. What? <laughs> and so we go down and now the music's all stopped and everybody's looking at us and, and we're like, we don't know her. You know, we, we don't know her, but we're just, and we sat down front and man, she just started prophesying over us. And she asked everybody, we're going we're gonna to pray for them. And 
one of the things that she prophesied was, now here, here we were just barely in ministry, and I had a youth group that maybe had 85 to 100 kids in it. And in her prophetic words, she said, you're going to pastor a church of thousands one day. Now, it took like 20 years for that to happen. <laughs> but I can remember sitting there saying, whatever. You know, I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, because I didn't have much faith for that, and nor did I seek that, nor did I, you know, ask for that or want that, but I just was like, all right, well, whatever, you know, and, but it was kind of embarrassing because we felt like the spotlight was on us and everybody's praying for us. And she said some other wonderful things, but I only mentioned it to you because I know firsthand that this gift is a real gift. There are some quacks out there, sure, but there's some quacks at everything. And there's some legitimate words that God gives people. And that was, very encouraging to us. But at the same time, you know, I've, I've had some weird things said to me that, that, you know, didn't happen. Um, you know, just, just some interesting weird things. <laughs> I, I had one time I was getting ready to lead one of the groups here from our church to Israel. And like the day that, that we were leaving for Israel, I had a lady, and I'm not calling anybody out because they, they don't go here anymore, but, uh, uh, <laughs> but I had a lady say to me, hey, you know, I just, I, I feel like the Lord has shown me that something dreadful is going to happen to you on your trip to Israel. And I'm like, all right, you know, um, what do you do with that? I mean, I, you know, I'm leading a whole group of people and because, you know, I'm thinking, well, if a dreadful thing happens to me and it happens like on the plane, the rest of the group's going down with me. Uh, you know, and so I didn't know what to do with it, and I wrestled with it, and then, you know, the Lord reminded, hey, a prophetic word is for the comfort, the strengthening and uh, comfort and encouragement of the church. So I just, like, I'm, I don't, I don't receive that. And that was like, I don't know, 10 years ago. So obviously, hello, I'm here, so it's okay. <laughs> I can remember one time years ago when we were at Simpson Middle School, and I was walking down off the stage, and I just kind of went like this uh, to my neck because I just had a crick in my neck. And the sermon was over, and I was walking down to say goodbye to people. And I had a lady come up to me and said, I have a prophetic word for you. Well, okay, great. She said, I, I saw what you just did. You are carrying some burdens you do not need to carry. And I thought to myself, you're the burden right now. <laughs> I just, I just have a crick in my neck. That's all I have. Don't read a prophetic word and do a crick in my neck. Okay, so I just want to share, you know, that there are, there are wonderful things that are spoken in terms of a prophetic word, and there are some strange things that you need to filter. Uh, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, and be open, but discerning. And if God has given you that particular gift, be careful. I would encourage you to submit, it, submit things to people with humility, you know, you don't, you don't need to begin everything in King James English, thus saith the Lord to you. <laughs> just, just say to someone, hey, I feel like the Lord's put something on my heart for you. And sometimes it might even just be a scripture verse. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, in your own words. It can just be, hey, I was reading through scripture and I felt like the Lord put this particular verse on my heart for you. And you'd be amazed sometimes how that particular verse speaks volumes to somebody, if you would just be that obedient vessel, okay? But if you had that gift, just submit it to someone. Just say, I feel like the Lord has, has put something on my heart for you. It might be a scripture verse. It might be just like three sentences or whatever. And, and so I just want to say this to you. Now you pray about it, and you decide whether or not that's from the Lord, okay? You, you don't have to go, there, there should, shouldn't be any ego in this. It doesn't, you, you can just humbly submit that and say, you pray about it. 
And if this is from the Lord, then it might be meaningful to you. If not, reject it. Just give people that liberty. Because the truth is, even though you might have that gift, we have to make room for our own flesh. And it could be a prophetic word from God, and it could also be Taco Bell. <laughs> and and you, you have to be careful to just submit that and say, this is what I believe the Lord wants to say to you. But I, I also remember about uh, eight years ago, I was meeting with a gentleman, and he came to lunch with a folded piece of paper. And he said, my wife has this from the Lord for you today. And it was, had nothing to do with the lunch I was having with him. We were talking about something totally different. And I read the verse, and it was a verse from the book of Psalms. And I thought, well, that's, that's nice, and it's beautiful, but okay. And I just kind of tucked it away in my Bible. Didn't mean anything to me at the moment. But later that night, there, there was an incident in my life, and I was able to open up that piece of paper and it was the Lord's comfort for me. And it was, it was something the Lord said to me in advance, just to remind me, I knew this was going to happen. And here's this verse to remind you that I'm near to you and I'm going to comfort you. So it is wonderful how the Lord can use this gift. Be careful. Use it wisely. Receive it wisely. Amen? Okay, so let's, let's move on. We've got a little bit of time left. So let's also talk about here the gift of discernment distinguishing slash discerning of spirits, depending on what your translation says. Uh, in verse 10, NIV says, to another distinguishing between spirits. Uh, King James talks about discerning of spirits. This is to discern between what is divine, human, or evil about a person or a situation. We need to just understand in practical terms that in this world, there is light versus darkness. There is good versus evil. There is a spirit realm that we cannot see. I don't say that to sound all mystical. I'm just saying that to sound all practical, that, that we, we live in a world that there's a natural, real, tangible world, and then there is an unseen spirit realm. And in that unseen spirit realm, obviously, uh, is where uh, God operates when God entered our world and became took on flesh, he entered our dimension, but otherwise he's outside of time and space. He's in that spirit realm, as well as our angels and fallen angels that have rebelled against God that we otherwise call demons. And because there is the spirit realm and the natural realm, there are demonic principalities and, and there are angelic principalities and um, and we can't see the spirit realm. There's a lot of this, what Paul writes about in the New Testament, he talks about there's this, there's this war in the heavenlies. And there's this war over you, by the way, too, uh, which is why we're told to always resist the devil and stand firm in our faith and resist him and he will flee because there's this constant spiritual attack from the unseen realm trying to discourage you, defeat you, and, and tempt you and all kinds of stuff. Well, part of giftings that God gives some people has to do with being able to discern things that are not always obvious uh, to the naked eye, uh, in, particularly about a situation or even about a person. So discernment sometimes works where you can particularly see something wonderful and godly and good about a person, but you can also have the ability 
and I know this sounds very judgmental, so I, I want to be careful to explain this. You can also have the ability to kind of see their true character. And sometimes their true character is not godly and it is not good. It can sometimes be evil. It can sometimes be um, sinful. And, and yet, to most other people who may not have the gift of discernment, they don't see it in that person. They, and they just, they just see everybody as good and everybody's wonderful. And, and you might have that particular gift and you go around and you, you're able to kind of discern. You're like, oh, this person's, there's something wrong in this person's life. And, and there are times that you might have this uneasiness where you, where you're, you know, you're able to discern someone for who they really are because God has given you insight and, um, you can understand a little bit of the, of the discerning of the spirit, uh, even though it may not be all that obvious to other people. Now, again, it, 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 can, it can feel very judgmental. I'm, I'm going to tell you, the first time that I felt like the Lord had shown me this particular gift in my life, I was about 21, uh, 20, 21 years of age. I'd only been a Christian about five or six years, and I was sitting in church. And I, started, I had started going to a new church, and um, it was, they were having a baptism service. And I was sitting in the congregation, and they had a staff of several pastors and they were doing baptisms, and, and a pastor would baptize a few, and then another pastor would baptize a few. And I remember watching this one particular pastor on staff baptizing somebody, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I, I looked at that pastor, and I thought to myself, there's something evil and wicked in his life. And as soon as I had that thought, I also thought, that is the most terrible thing I could possibly think, how judgmental of me. And if you have that particular gift, you can feel, unless you understand how to operate it, that, it's, that it, could, it could feel judgmental. It's not intended to be judgmental. It's intended for you to be aware and a lot of times to pray for somebody. I didn't think anything more about those thoughts. I just kind of pushed it away like, that's a terrible thing to think about somebody. Why in the world would I even think about that? And about three weeks later, it was all over the news that that particular pastor was picked up in Arlington trying to solicit a prostitute. And in fact, the arresting officer for a time went to our church and we talked about it years later. And so it's that kind of thing. I had no reason, I didn't even know this guy, I had no reason to think that of him. But I just felt and sensed there's something off in his life. And it can sometimes be a troubling gift if you have that because you don't really know what to do with it. And again, it feels kind of judgmental. And here's what I just simply say to you. If you kind of operate in that, in that gift... Learn to pray more for people, and sometimes it's necessary because, for example, let's just say that you are the parent of a 20-something daughter who is still living at home, and she wants to get married, and this is not the story of my daughter, by the way. This is just a hypothetical thing, okay? She's found a very wonderful, godly guy. But let's just say that you as a parent have this particular gift, and the guy that comes to, you know, see your, your daughter, you open a door, and you're like, all of a sudden in your spirit, you're like, there's something wrong with this guy. And you don't even know him, okay? So it's not only sometimes to pray for somebody, it's sometimes to be able to say, don't feel right about this. And it's just, you know, we use the expression, it's my gut, Okay, and some people, okay, this, we have to understand, this is different from just intuition. Some people have some good intuition. You ladies, particularly, just seem to have a natural ability of good intuition. But this is beyond, there's a guy in the front, amen, to his wife. But, (laughs) but this is more than intuition. A lot of people have intuition. This is discernment. This is actually a gift. 
And so it might be for your own protection. I, I don't really want to associate with this person. Uh, or on a positive side, you see, you see some really good elements and good qualities and some godly characteristic about somebody that nobody else seems to really recognize, but you see it, you sense it in your heart, and you want to do what you can to encourage that person in the Lord and to, and to help them blossom as, as a believer. Okay, It works both ways, but God gives that gift in the church. Why? Well, because there's some practical roles that people need to function in in the life of the church. And if somebody has some discernment, you can orchestrate people a little bit better in a gentle way by saying, you really shouldn't be involved in this ministry and to safeguard the flock. Or you should be, you'd be really good at this. Nobody else sees how good that person might be in this, but you discern it. So it's, it's, a, it's a gift that God has given in the body to help protect, I believe, sometimes the flock, to help put people in the right positions based on something you discern about them. And so it's uh, sometimes a, a feeling of a little bit being judgmental, but it, it really isn't. Let me give you an example from Scripture, and then we're going to have to end with this because my time has run out. But uh, Peter demonstrates this gift in Acts chapter 8, if you want to turn there, because I'm going to read a couple of verses this is at the church in Samaria. It's, it's not actually a church at this point, but there, there are people who get saved here in Samaria, so they're going to end up becoming a church. And Philip is preaching through Samaria. And then um, Peter and John are sent by the church in Jerusalem to do a follow-up here in Samaria to kind of, you know, make sure that these new believers understand a few things or to kind of disciple them a little bit. So in Acts uh, chapter 8, starting at verse 14. Now, you know what? I'm going to back up to verse 13. There's a guy in this story that's important to understand. His name is Simon. Okay, not Simon Peter. This is Simon who's known as a sorcerer. And he's using demonic, he's tapping into demonic powers to predict the future and to, and to read people's palms and all this kind of stuff. Okay, that kind of wizardry. And Simon, this guy, actually gets saved at the preaching of Philip because verse 13 says, Simon himself believed and was baptized. Okay, means water baptism, but he believes and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. By the way, this is another text proof that you don't necessarily get all the Holy Spirit in terms of the fullness of the Spirit at the time of salvation. Because these people got saved. It tells us clearly they believed, okay, and they were baptized. But Peter and John are sent to them because the fullness of the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them in, in fullness, and so verse 18 says that when Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because, notice, your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. All right, now on, on the surface, that looks very judgmental, doesn't it? Because Peter is saying, I see your heart and I know that it isn't right. 
And Peter was actually discerning. God had given him the gift of discernment to look into Simon Peter's heart. It's not Simon Peter, sorry. Simon the sorcerer to look into his heart. And Peter was able to say, you have wrong motives here. You want to use the gift of the Holy Spirit to profit from. You want to go around laying hands on people so you can make money and charge people for this. I discern the motive and intentions of your heart. You are full of bitterness and you need to repent. And maybe God will have compassion on you. So he's operating the gift of discernment because he can see right into this guy's heart. It's like all the gifts, a gift that must be used wisely, received wisely, and operated in humility. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of Cornerstone Connection as Pastor Gary Hamrick teaches through the book of 1 Corinthians. If you're interested in hearing this message again or others like it, feel free to visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. You can also download our mobile app so you can have these teachings with you on the go. That way you'll never miss a message from Pastor Gary's studies and you'll always have encouragement from God's Word at your fingertips. Find a link to download the app for your iPhone or Android device at our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Simply look under the Teachings tab. While you're there, feel free to take some time to learn about the church this radio ministry originates from, Cornerstone Chapel. We'd be excited to meet you if you're in the area. You'll find all you need to know about service times and other information on our website. Again, that's cornerstoneconnection.cc. We trust you've been blessed by today's teaching in the book of 1 Corinthians. Keep reading on your own to discover many other inspiring and motivating things that apply to you today. We'll look forward to you joining us on our next edition of Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.